0: Robert Altman said, filmmaking is a chance to live many lifetimes.
1: I like Robert Altman.
0: That's a great quote because it draws you into a whole new world. And so last week we talked about our five favorite movies. And this week we're going to kind of move aside from that just a little bit, but closely and talk about our five favorite shows. You know, the holidays are coming up. People may want to watch something, so it may give them some ideas. And we'll share some of the reasons that these shows were important to us.
1: I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. Welcome to the Echo Podcast. Where we
0: are looking for truth in the noise. How is your week going?
1: So far so good. It's been a little busy, a little hectic, getting everything ready for life within the holidays. we got a lot of family here in town, so making sure to get everything ready.
0: Yeah, very good. That's good to hear. So we had our episode about movies last week. We're going to talk about TV shows this week, and I shared uh, last week that there's quite a few movies that I've started and I've turned off just because I got bored with them. And with TV shows, uh, it's an exponentially greater number because oh, yeah. I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to get a workout in and watch this show. And even while I'm doing jumping jacks, I can be bored to death and I just have to <laughs> change it to something else. And I'll be like, man, that person told me this was great and I hate it. Yep. And so I turn it off and listen to something else or whatever.
1: Yep. It's why, it's why I, I don't like telling my wife, Hey, we should watch this. Cause I really like it. And then while we're watching it, I keep looking at her like, she like it do you you like it and 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 within five minutes i'm like oh she hates this we should watch something else we should we should what do you want to watch instead um so watching tv shows for me is actually a little bit harder because it's so time consuming it's not a movie where you can just pop it on for hour hour half it's a commitment so the minute that you say i'm gonna watch this show you're really making a commitment of i'm gonna see this through to the end and that might be ninety episodes, <laughs> and that's 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 a lot to commit to. So,
0: yeah. And so, uh, this category is kind of broad because today, TV show means yeah, episode, reality show.
1: Not even on the not even uh, being broadcast right from uh, companies and stations. This is this could be Netflix or yeah. even YouTube.
0: You yeah. Know.
1: There's so many different shows and platforms now that people can do. And there's no way we can watch all of them.
0: Oh, no. No way. So uh, we're going to share just our our top five and maybe one of these you will like. Maybe you'll disagree, but we would love to hear from you. BrianJenningsBlog.com. You can contact us. We would love to get your feedback here, your favorite shows.
1: And you can tell us why we're wrong on why we like these. That's fine.
0: And you'll probably be correct. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number five.
1: For me, uh, Animaniacs. I grew up watching Animaniacs on the Kids WB and Warner Brothers whenever it was out. Hulu um, brought the ride. Steven Spielberg came back on to produce it. I love the zany, nonsense, madcap humor of Animaniacs. It reminds me of just a time when everything was um, open for humor. Everything can be made fun of. Um, and now that the show is being revamped on Hulu, it is absolutely wonderful. My my wife actually enjoys it, and we are laughing out loud at how much uh, humor and wit um, is within this show. That's just, it's a breath of fresh air when everything is so politically charged, when everything has this kind of double meaning behind it. They make fun of everyone and everything. It does lean more progressive, but it is a phenomenal, enjoyable cartoon that just kind of helps take your mind off of things. Awesome. Number five for you.
0: Tehran, It is one of the few uh, shows this year that I actually watched like a whole season Mm. of it and was more of kind of a drama thriller. It's uh, set in Iran, and the protagonist is an Israeli uh, Israeli spy, and the antagonist uh, works in the Iranian uh, intelligence agency, and they're working against each other. But what I most loved about it is, several uh, episodes in, there's this moment where both people just become human beings, mm. and they care. They have family that they care for, and I thought the development uh, in, in that made it, it was not only in a, kind of a, an action-adventure thriller, right. but there is this human element of a Jew and a Muslim who both had dads or yeah. spouses or loved ones that they cared for. And I love that human element, even with those huge, that right. big divide and all the animosity historically between those countries. So I thought it was really good. So the
1: complete opposite of Animaniacs
0: <laughs> yeah. is what you're telling me. Like, yeah, you...
1: I can see how these lists have begun, <laughs> what <where laughs> happens this is going to go. <laughs> Taylor, oh. what do you like? Fictional characters. Brian, real-life drama. Oh, God
0: okay number four
1: number four for me is uh, another animated feature uh, series uh, but it's actually an anime I'm a, I'm a big fan of good japanese animation some of it's weird but this series is called my hero academia imagine if you will brian a world where 80 percent of the population <laughs> is as a superhero power but not just any superhero power not flight not invisibility one guy can shoot tape from his elbows that's crazy sticky
0: Wow, so he can, like, wrap presents super
1: fast? He is Santa's most favorite elf.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: another character, if she knows the basic molecular structure of an object, can recreate it using um, uh, power from her body to, to do that. Other characters uh, grab something and makes it decay in a really quick manner. Uh, another person um, can pull these weird purple ball-like things, and they're crazy sticky, but not to him. It is absurd, and they're called quirks. But the reason I like the show so much is that in a world of superheroes, how do you train superheroes? And so they're all going to the school where they're learning how to be superheroes. But the, but the most important part is actually it's, it's a message of discipleship. You get to see the relationship between the adult superheroes and the kid wannabe superheroes, Training, teaching, learning, education. Who's at fault when the lessons aren't actually followed and addressed? And why do the villains make so much sense to us? And the heroes are so flawed and so problematic. It is a surprisingly deep show for, if you will, a kid's cartoon. Um, I absolutely adore and love it.
0: Did you know I have a mundane superpower? No, way. what is it? So I have the superpower that I am able to finish... Uh, cereal. Uh, even if there's just like a few crumbs left in three boxes, uh, I can put them all in one bowl and eat them. And you may say, that's not a superpower and I would just ask you, how come nobody else can do it?
1: That's fair. So, that is ther- My superhero power is flexibility.
0: Oh. You like that? Yeah. That's a
1: callback. Check out our previous episode on flexibility as a superpower. Anyway.
0: Okay. (laughs) Number four for me is the reality show. I don't like many reality shows. Nope. But uh, Alone. Mm. I really like Alone. So the idea is they take these 10 or so contestants. And they drop them off in the middle of a wilderness. So that they are... Completely alone. Okay. There's no camera crew. I was
1: going to say isolated, but alone works <laughs> yes, too. Yes,
0: they are. They're isolated. There, There's no <laughs> camera crew. They actually have to film themselves, which actually is really a burden because they have to set up the camera and then walk towards the camera, walk <laughs> past the camera, go back and get the camera. And so, and they talk about it, especially the first week or two of what a frustration it is, And then they kind of get used to it and you don't right. hear them talk about it anymore. But... Uh, they are in these places with bears and wolves, wolverines, and all, all types of obstacles, and it's cold, and the weather might be terrible, uh, and they have to just survive. And whoever stays out there the longest wins. Mm. And, and so then they put it all together. I think there's seven or eight seasons now. We watched the last season not too long ago, but it was a show that I could watch. Uh, my daughter, my 10-year-old, really liked watching it with me, and uh, my wife I enjoyed watching it with me, and you get to see the characters, and you definitely end up rooting for somebody usually, or at least there's a couple people you root for. So we just really enjoyed it because people have to be so creative, and they've got to be tough. And a lot of people go home not because they're hungry, but because they're just sad. Because they're alone. They're alone. alone. They couldn't handle it emotionally anymore. It's very, very interesting. And so, uh, but it's the, I listed it because it's the show that I've daydreamed about the most. And <laughs> what would you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. would I react? Yeah, well, I went hiking uh, the other day um, with my teenage daughter and, and wife and 10-year-old daughter. And the whole time we're hiking, I'm like, oh, I could build a shelter over there or I could get water from here. And so I'm, <laughs> a lot of times I'm just kind of daydream about how could I survive out there?
1: So, so when the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm finding you.
0: Well, um, No. <laughs> I'm no. gonna try to find somebody else and just be a really hard worker for them who really That's knows fair. what they're because I mean there's people out there who know how to use the plants for medicine and all of I mean there's real like knowledge right. that I, I wish I had. I don't really have it. I'd like to think I could learn some of it, but I'm go. not there yet. Number three. The Mandalorian. Ding my it's not my number three as well. That's your number three too. I love it. Yes. We don't
1: we don't always talk about these things beforehand, so no. this is this is fun. What what do you like about the Mandalorian?
0: I like that I can't wait for the next episode to come out. Right, And I mean, there's usually... I'm usually looking forward to it. Yep. But this one, whoa. I mean, (laughs) we're really looking forward to it. And I think people will hear this after it's come out, but there's a bit of a cliffhanger, which is the first time they've really had a cliffhanger like this. That's fair. I think. Okay. Uh, But I love that it just kind of copies the old spaghetti westerns a little uh, bit with yes. the music.
1: Like Sergio Leone and John Ford's, uh, yeah. Just it, it is a western. And yeah. what I love is that it's also a samurai f- film. Because Jedis are steeped in just Eastern mysticism, you can't get away from the samurai imagery. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, based a lot of the jedi teachings off of akira kurosawa japanese films Mm. uh dealing with samurai and stuff in fact the word uh, jedi i believe in japanese it's Gedai. it's an actual word that already exists Mm. that he just americanized um but yeah i'm i'm with you i care about everyone Mm. that's weird yeah and a science fiction made up thing Mm. i don't care about all the characters even in the star wars films but this this is the way you should do star wars (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like that? That, was, that yeah, was bad.
0: Yeah, and so I was a Star Wars fan as a kid, mm-hmm. and I still am a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like, I can't talk Star Wars with you for hours Sure, uh, like my son can. Mm. But I love that it embraces its history Yes, and doesn't just try to do something totally different. Yep. I, I really like that. Uh, Boba Fett was my favorite character as a kid. I was always kind of fascinated yep. by him. I always wanted to know more of his story, and lo and behold— found out something last on the last episode. I haven't seen that one yet, so and you gotta so hold off on I it. I won't say anything more, but I just love that it talks about some of the characters from the past mm-hmm. that even somebody who's not just totally entrenched in the whole Star Wars thing like right. me uh, can pick up on and really enjoy.
1: My dad, Age, saw Star Wars when it came out originally when he was in college, mm-hmm. and he saw it like seven times in theaters. Yeah. And then when they re-released them in the mid-90s, he took me to see it. So my first experience with Star Wars was actually in the theater as well. Um, I'll with some really bad CGI, but nevertheless, sure, blew my mind. Yeah, and Star Wars. Even even if the movies and certain, uh, you know, off, offshoots of the, of the of the of the films aren't as good as others, I love Star Wars, and, I, yeah. and I'm I, and I'm always gonna like it.
0: Yeah, and I love the show because we can watch it with the whole family. Yep, it's very family friendly. Yes,
1: it is, especially yeah. when people get shot and blown up and cut in half. Totally family-friendly.
0: What are we talking about? Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, the Mandalorian. Yeah, 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 yeah. no yeah. violence in that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like that my 10-year-old daughter can watch it and be be yeah. cool. Oh, she's 11 now.
1: You got to stop saying that. Oh. It's hard to keep up with, with all the ages. I just had a parenting moment.
0: You okay, okay there? I'm good. Do, you need
1: okay. to, do, do we need to like stop recording and We're come good. back? Okay. Let's, let's move along. Cool. What's your number two?
0: The Last Dance, and that is the Michael Jordan documentary, was fantastic. Oh, it was so good, and so uh, the the filmmaking and all and the storytelling was incredible. But I'm I'm a basketball junkie, and there's a whole basketball subculture in America that Sub? Uh, I <laughs> that yeah just culture that I love. I mean, it's very it's 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 part of me for sure. Yeah, and the this documentary was so important. It was the conversation piece. Um, if, it, if there would have been water coolers in, in 2020, that's what it would have been, but instead it was social media and other places of you know, real-time people talking about it, and the right. next day, and the next day, and the next day, people talking about it, of like, oh yeah, the rivalry between Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, and, yep. and these things that we forgot about, and the craziness of Dennis Rodman that we knew he was crazy. <laughs> What we did not know was that Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan showed up to his place and pulled him out of bed with a famous actress (laughs) uh, that he was with and said, Get your tail into practice, you know, and and kind of salvage their season with these kind of things. And it was certainly uh, Jordan had a lot of input and definitely made it favor him. I think his company did. But I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, the, the story was great, and Jordan was so intense, and he never lost anything. Like, he would win every sprint. Yep. You know, and you just kind of see the work ethic there, and you hear people talk about him. Uh, was was really incredible. And so yeah. uh, it also uh, has kind of brought back some of the 80s rap music to today's <laughs> culture. So I was listening to – I've downloaded a couple of the old songs, and I was playing the other day, and a couple – guys I was giving a ride to, high school kids who play basketball, were like, oh, yeah, that song is on the newest video game I've been playing. And I'm like, oh, you know when it's from? No, 80s. What? Yeah. And so it's kind of actually brought back some of the culture from them to today's generation, which is pretty neat.
1: I I think that's really cool. I am not a sports person, but I love a good documentary. And to make a documentary good – Oftentimes it takes more talent than making, if you will, a, a fiction film really yeah. good. So I was blown away by The Last Dance. My brother's the athlete in the family, not myself. I have the body of a reader, but I adored this documentary series. I just, I just thought it was exceptional, especially the bits in between when mm-hmm. they would go to the newscasters. But they had CGI'd the mouths and had them all saying different things than what they actually said on the original commercials, yeah. I thought it was so cool.
0: Yeah, they, they definitely brought back their culture yep. and the, the time period to it. I love that they spent a lot of time talking about what basketball people have always considered the greatest game ever played, mm. and that we, don't, we have very little film from it, but uh, in the Olympics, 1988, mm-hmm. was the first time professional basketball players could play. And, nope, was it 92? It might have been 92 Barcelona. And so, if it's not
1: Michael Phelps, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so, uh, in that, on that Olympic team, that was the dream team, the original right. dream team. I remember that. So it was Jordan, Magic, Bird, David Robinson, Carl Malone. Um, Did they and, win? And they, it. There was never a game that was decided by fewer than several dozen points. Right. I mean, it was just absolute just... They just annihilated, annihilated the everyone, but
1: even the Russians. <laughs> but the
0: greatest game ever played, they've said, was when they scrimmaged each other, and so they practiced oh, in wow. Chicago. Yeah. And so you've got Bird and Jordan on one team, and like Magic and um, uh, Elijah or or Robinson on the. I mean, yeah. and and they say it was the greatest game. And those guys are so competitive. People often think you need like cameras and like a crowd for people to play competitively. And that is not true. Nope. For basketball players, it's all like pride and ego and yep. the competitive nature. And, and so, it's all psychological too. Yeah. You miss
1: one free throw or you, you get a bad call, that's gonna mess with how you perceive the rest of the game. Yeah. And it's so, so psychological. So
0: like there's almost fights and there's all of this. There's also this moment where Jordan walks into the locker room and Bird and Magic are sitting there who have been the players of the 80s and rescued basketball and Jordan says so who's the second best basketball player now
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway it's just kind of the stuff of legends. it's so it's yeah. so good the the American myth-making that's happening is yeah. just yeah, it's yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. so my my number two I you may have picked up I, I like I like animation mm-hmm. animation to me is this amazing art form I don't consider animation to be a genre uh, most people think animation is for kids, and that is not true. Um, hasn't been true, will never be true. So my number two slot is actually a cartoon series. has 11 episodes, about 20 minutes each, and it's called Primal. It was created by a guy named uh, uh, Genndy uh, Tartakovsky. He's the uh, guy who uh, created Samurai Jack, uh, which my childhood was littered with. But Primal is the story of a Neanderthal man uh, who befriends a dinosaur. And it's 11 episodes of them trying to survive in this prehistorical world where everything is out to kill you um there is no talking in the entire series there's animal noises there may be screams of pain or grunts of approval Mm -hmm. but it is this fascinating story um in today's in 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 the modern setting it would be um the story of a man and his dog um, where they don't like each other they're against each other but then they become friends later on Um, Throughout the series where they begin to realize that they can work together and to depend upon each other Um, as a Christian I love creation and I love nature and the Bible kind of begins with this whole thing of no Adam You have to be the caretaker of creation. You're gonna subdue you're gonna have power and dominion over it And We don't always talk about that. So to me, even though this is a Neanderthalian kind of narrative This is not a story for kids and I, I need to be explicit when I say this Arms are ripped off. People are stabbed with spears. It is a gruesome show, but it's also animated, so it's less severe than you would imagine. But it's mainly dinosaurs and people fighting. It yeah. is it is delightful. Um, it is pure. <laughs> it is it is what uh, Alfred Hitchcock would call pure cinema. Mm-hmm. It's all visual, mm-hmm. visual uh, with music and, and and sound effects, and it's just to tell a story with people not talking. Yeah. It, it, it it plays like a silent film. Wow. It really does. It plays like a silent film, um, just with a lot more dinosaur violence. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I love this type of storytelling. Um, this is the guy who also did Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Um, okay. That kind of bit of an animated series, not the CGI one, but the animated stuff, uh, which is which is just wonderful. Um, and a, and some of my favorite films are like Studio Ghibli or even a couple of Pixar films. Not my favorite cartoons. My favorite films Mm -hmm. um so if you're thinking that's three cartoons yes it is and this is some of the best storytelling that i've seen this year
0: rated r for dinosaur violence pretty
1: much (laughs) right can that can that be a thing see i I would i would pay to see that movie like if godzilla was back in the primordial age uh, i would pay to see rated r for t-rex arms being ripped (laughs) off in a world where ratings don't exist but dinosaurs do (laughs) i love it So, what is your number one show that you loved and watched this year
0: it was the chosen and
1: that's such uh, a christian answer pastor brian
0: and so here's the thing we alluded to this last time Uh, i don't like the vast majority of christian films and shows same i just can't stomach them shoddy I think they often make enemies out of the very people we're called to reach. Yep. And I can't stand that. Yep. I think that's the great fatal flaw of God's Not Dead.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Is the unbelievers in there, I feel like the film persuades us to dislike them. Yeah, I agree. And that's really troubling to me. It's also troubling that the unbelievers in in at least the first movie— they are just portrayed as always stupid, and so an, I would never recommend an unbeliever watch it.
1: Most Christian films, I don't encourage unbelievers or non-believers to watch because it, it it's counterintuitive. It's pandering to its audience, yep. which is Christians.
0: It's very tribal, and very I, much so. Okay, so enough of that. Yeah. So let's so, talk about the good stuff. So here's the thing: I the walked. Chosen. I walked into this mm-hmm. with the skepticism that I now walk into watching Christian shows and media and films, yep. and. I was drawn to Jesus in really remarkable ways. Yeah. The first episode um, kind of is just kind of setting it all up. Yep. And I, just the whole time I'm like, okay, what is going on here? What is this? This is all kind of like backstory. We're not seeing anything I really find in the Gospels, but I kind of think I may know where they're going. And then by episode two, it's like, oh. And then it just—so what it does is it tells the story— of the people who knew Jesus. That's the idea. So it's not just straight from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. It's trying to develop the characters of the people who are around Jesus. Yeah, the chosen. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) the chosen ones. And and I think it does it in in an incredible way. The filmmaking is excellent. The music is excellent. But uh, what's most important to me is the story. I would love for unbelievers to watch this because they get a picture of, I think, the real Jesus. and again you know it's film they're they're taking artistic liberties but i think the truth behind their characters i think they got that right Mm -hmm. and i think they draw you to the great qualities of jesus and i found myself every night after we watched like one episode a night our whole family did Mm -hmm. and then uh, that night or the next morning i would have my bible open reading and thinking like oh, I never thought about this before. Is mm-hmm. is that how it went or what happened next? And so it does a great job of that. Uh, I'll think about the characters when I read the Gospels a little differently now because of the backstories that the, that the Chosen painted. So I loved it.
1: I, I hate when people divorce Scripture from its historical context, and mm-hmm. that was something that I, I adored about this series, that it—, it the world felt real and lived in. It didn't feel like people put on Bible costumes. Yeah, you, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, it didn't feel this kind of. Okay, well today the Romans are angry, and here's how we're gonna. No, it felt lived in. It felt real. Um, it reminded me of Paul, the Apostle of Christ, that film, um, with with Jim Caviezel. Yeah, it, it felt real. It, yeah. it felt authentic, and that's one of the few Christian films, and now this series that if somebody's not a Christian but they want to engage in. The Christian medium, and artistically, I, I, I suggest this as well. I agree with everything that you said.
0: Did you have one favorite character? I mean, that you felt like they developed really well. No, Nicodemus for me. Uh, they did a. Oh yeah. Nicodemus is throughout, and you know, when you read mm. the Gospels, obviously Nicodemus is questioning everything that he's thought about because right. something led him to the place to go to Jesus and have a conversation yep. in the dead of night, away from everyone else. A conversation that would get him in trouble if he had it publicly. Right. And and the chosen really develops that out and I think a way that is true. But what it also does is there's this moment where Jesus does for Nicodemus what I think he really was doing was inviting him to follow to be a follower of Jesus. Yes. And Nicodemus is like, Do I hang on to my comfort and everything I've known hmm. or do I follow what I sense in my heart to be true? Right. And to me, that was a really powerful moment. Uh, that it's the one moment that I'll remember. They're developing season two right now. I know oh, that. Oh, fantastic! Uh, and I don't know when that's going to come out, but I know that that's in the works. And so, a quick shout out: if you have not watched it and want to watch it, it was some level of community. Our church is actually going to do a thing between Christmas and going till right after New Year's called Eight Days with Jesus, where we're going to invite people to watch all eight episodes mm-hmm. over a period of nine days. And then every evening we're going to have kind of an online chat about it. And that's a time where people are a lot of times they're home and they've got some time to kill. Right. It would be great to watch this. And, again, it's family-friendly. You can watch it with your kids. The very first episode uh, with the – Uh, Mary Magdalene and demon possession could be a little frightening. Beyond that, there's not really anything that would be objectionable at all I can think of. No, I I agree. You have younger girls. I'm not going to let my kids watch this uh, for two reasons. Number one,
1: I don't think they get it yet. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's just a conceptual level. Yeah. Uh, And there are some moments that are just a little intense for five yeah, Five, four, eight, I, w- I would old. say maybe
0: seven or eight and up, maybe you're De- definitely, yeah, uh, would yeah. would be great. So anyway, that might be something that you can watch and you can uh, go to HP if you want to be part of that, that eight days with us after Christmas, it'd be fun.
1: All right, so we're down to the final ones, our, 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 top, our top shows of the year. Let's well, say them at the same time. Well, that, that was my one. Oh, your number one's chosen. Yeah, That's so right. We're Sorry, just... my bad. I wanted to do something funny. I totally just ruined it. <laughs>
0: Would you like to set up yourself? Okay, you can say yours at the same time. <laughs> can I
1: say, I'll say? i say mine at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite show of 2020 is The Queen's Gambit. Okay. Um, I like playing chess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not good at it by any means, but I enjoy playing chess, um, and it's really hard to do a show about the chess game. Except it's really not about chess. It's about the female protagonist Beth Harmon, not a real person. After 2 episodes I was like, did this really happen? And then I did some research yeah. found out it was based off of a fictional book. Okay. Um but the world is so believable, the characters are 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 so expertly crafted and and portrayed. Um this covers uh, a time period of a girl who's in an orphanage. We get flashbacks of her really not great childhood, um, her subsequent rise in fame and popularity, uh, and also in her expertise as a chess player as well. She gets really, 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 really good at chess, Um, but it also deals with her addictions and her poor relationship with uh, male and female authority figures because of her bad relationship with her parents. It also has to deal with um, a woman in a a man's game at the same time as well. Uh, And even though this is a uh, historical fiction, it feels real. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that I can say about, about the show is that it feels authentic. The, the, the struggles and the problems and the flaws are, you almost forget you're watching acting. Mm-hmm. You almost forget that this is a performance because it it's so fluid from the editing to the music to the pacing to the character interactions. It's it's just delightful. Um, the final episode, I was actually out loud saying yes <laughs> or like, oh, that's so good, like out loud talking yeah. to to the screen. Um, and it, it and I really do want to focus on how it portrays um, addiction because that is a huge part um of Mm. the series this girl she becomes addicted to uh, a a a fictitious medicine um that was created for the show but clearly um references real life addictions during that time it deals with drunkenness of women in the 1950s and which wasn't addressed as much as it was men for men it was okay to get drunk but for women it wasn't chess was a man's game that's why all the best are men so this girl coming up and there were female chess players in the world but it was very much a patriarchal kind of thing but the film doesn't demonize men and i love that or the series Mm -hmm. i should say it doesn't demonize men it doesn't really demonize anybody the great antagonist of the show is herself Hmm. she has to fight herself every game of chess that she plays she has to figure out is it the drugs that are making me good or am I just, do I just have a skill and a, and a propensity for this game that, that I'm really good at? Um, none of the characters are Christians. None of them are believers. So once again, it's, it's this kind of ecclesiastical life under the sun, make the best of everything that you have. But we as believers know no addiction is wrong um, because you're not using self-control and you're not finding your meaning, value, purpose, and, 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 and worth in Christ, but in what you can do or in what you can accomplish and in what things make you feel rather than just, no, you're, you're made in God's image. So the the, film, the the show, it just beautifully captures um, a person struggling to find worth outside of what they're good at. Hmm. And as a millennial, I struggle with this. Am I only as important as what I accomplish or what I succeed at or what I can contribute to the group or, or is my value intrinsic, not based upon that. Uh, this show there's a kind of like what you were talking about with uh, uh, with the last dance bringing back like music from the 80s and yeah. things like that um chess boards skyrocketed in sales after the show cool. people joined like chess.com I can't oh, remember, chess. cool. com yeah. to play online yeah. the book became a new bestseller again and more girls are playing chess now because of it and I, I i think these are all good things yeah so i think this is a phenomenal series and it may be one of the best things i've seen um uh, film artistic wise uh, in, in the past five years. Wow. This, this is this is astounding um, in, in the craft and in the emotion that it conveys
0: when it changes people's behaviors. That's really interesting, isn't it?
1: Very much so. Yeah
0: Yeah, that's cool. I have not seen it yet. I had heard a couple people reference it So I'm really glad to hear your your yeah. explanation of it. it.
1: It is TVMA for language and there are some brief moments of violence um, there is there, there's not sexual content but there's always the aftermath of a sexual encounter. So no nudity. Everybody's clothed. You don't mm. see anything. Um, but there are been, there are conversations that take place in a bed between unmarried people.
0: Dinosaur violence?
1: Not that I remember. <laughs> but massive checkmate ponage. <laughs> okay, okay. I apologize for saying ponage. That is that is I, mm, I I'll cut that out. <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Okay. So there's there's no dinosaur violence. No dinosaur violence. So. Um, uh, that means I probably won't watch it then. That's fair. <laughs> that, that's, that's fair.
1: <laughs> I don't know how to end this episode. What do we, what do, we do now?
0: Hey, um, next week we're going to talk Christmas a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, coming up here in a couple weeks, and we thought it would be fun just to have an episode to share some ways that um, parts of the Christmas story that are just powerful to us in this moment, in this season. And uh, I'm going to talk about two names, Ichabod and Emmanuel, so that'll be fun.
1: Hey, these two episodes have been a little bit longer than what we usually do. So thanks for sticking through to the very end. These were just kind of fun off-the-cuff things, off-the-cuff things that we wanted to do at the end. Uh, so you should definitely tell us what shows that you really enjoyed, and you can do that at brianjenningsblog.com. And you can tell us how our choices were wrong, or what what shows were better, or recommend some shows that we cannot watch because of our schedules.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. We would we would love your feedback. And we uh, hope that you can join us next week. Hope that you can subscribe to the podcast. And and we'll kind of ratchet it back in next week and be talking about uh, Christmas Advent, uh, the incarnation of Jesus.
1: My favorite time of the year.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be different this year because usually it's this huge break from everything. And for some people, it doesn't feel like a break. We'll talk about that next week. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise.